Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Here today with Merlin Mar Johnson. He's a director of Salazar Resources and Ecuadorian Explorer. Hello, Merlin. How are you? Good, thanks. You're involved with Salazar Resources and this, this Ecuadorian miner. Yes. Had a look fascinated by the business model, and that's really what I want to talk to you about today. But let's kick off, if you could give us a one minute summary of the business for people new to this, and then we'll pick it up from there. Sure. Okay. Uh, Salazar Resources is an exploration company uh, listed on the Venture Exchange in, um, in Toronto, oh, in, in Vancouver. Uh, it's got a market cap around $15 million, uh, and it is a prospect generator in some ways. It's got an asset uh, that it's being fully carried on through to production, and it's got its own portfolio that it's looking to explore and develop. Right, so we're going to get into the model in a second, but maybe let's start with the, how did you get involved? Who, do you, who did you know in Ecuador to get involved with, with this project? Um, Arlington Asset Management uh, bought a stake in Salazar Resources mm. last year, uh, in the middle of 2018. And on a site visit, I was invited down um, on a site visit at the end of last year. I'm a geologist, I speak Spanish, um, <clears throat> and I was potentially going to be asked on as a non-executive director. Mm -hmm. um, when we visited the company, we were very impressed by the geology and by the team and the, the, the model. Um, what they didn't have um, as much strength in was a capital markets presence. Right. And at that point, they asked me to join as a director so I'm actually an executive director of the company, uh, responsible for corporate development. Right. Okay. So that's okay. So Arlington Fund, based here in London, is the is the uh, introductory point. Okay. Yes. Got yes. it. Okay. So let's talk about some of the things you talked. You mentioned there. So we you met the team, and you had a look at the geology. So can we start with the team? Because I want to understand. Ecuador is quite a nascent uh, country for mining, is it not? Um, what, can, what, what can you tell us about it? Um, Ecuador, or um, just a little bit on Ecuador before we get onto the team, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Let's do with that. Um, so Ecuador, as you know, um, right on the Andes, mm -hmm. um, and the mineral deposits of the Andes are prolific. The, the copper production in Chile through Peru, and the geology doesn't stop at the border. Um, it just carries right through Ecuador and into uh, Colombia. But over time, there's never really been a development of a um, mining industry in Ecuador, principally because they've been anti-mining, uh, mm -hmm. uh, the, the fiscal regime has been um, uh, insufficiently attractive to get the miners in there, and they've been really promoting the um, the tourist agenda. Right. Um, and in fact, the, the there was a socialist government that came in in 2010 that was very, very pro uh, the environment and in pro um, tourism, and they, they wanted to be the greenest economy in the world. Um, the problem was they couldn't fund it. Right. And that socialist government, over the course of its seven year administration, turned Ecuador into a proto mining economy. They realized that they, to fund their um, deficit, to fund their budget, they needed to bring in foreign direct investment and they needed to bring in um, export. Um, earnings and the only industry that was left for them to grow in was mining. The right. ex-growth of agriculture, the ex-growth of tourism, um, the oil industry. Um, and they had this phenomenal geology, but no mining industry. And so they really started reforming the, the, um, the mining code. They dropped the windfall tax, which had been put in earlier. And they did a review of all the mining codes across um, uh, South America. 
and looked at the tax regimes and then they brought Ecuador in line with that. Right. And so that's an ongoing process. And so from that basis, the company is the country is opening up and yet it hasn't had the exploration that um, all the other countries have had. And um, that combination of the same um, geological potential but without the advanced exploration means that if you want to find uh, copper gold assets in the world anywhere now, you go to Ecuador. Right, okay. Thanks for that. That's pretty sorry, interesting. So, that was, sorry, that was, that was a long answer, but. Um, it, no, no, it, that, no it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, it, no, it's absolutely is key because um, do miners have to find a different way of working in an environment like that? Is it going to be more costly? to work in an environment like that, or is, the, is there a kind of dose of realism within the mining code which has been constructed at the moment? Um, I, I'd say that there are kind of three elements to that question. One is that um, all the miners are looking to uh, come into Ecuador. Everybody's looking for copper gold assets, so all of the majors are suddenly interested in Ecuador. So it's, um, there's competition for assets and there's competition for ground, and there's competition for good people that know the but country. But for meaningful companies? I mean, sizable oh, uh, companies? Um, Rio Tinto, um, BHP, Newcrest, right, Anglo-American. Okay. Yes. Um, it's all okay. the big guys are in. Um, the other thing is that the it is evolving slowly, so, that, so you can't just build a mining industry overnight. Um, the government regulations ha have changed and, the, for example, the mining cadastre, um, the, the, the mining department closed in 2018 or maybe late 2017 and it's um, not going to reopen until um, Q3 next year. So it just Why? Uh, because there was, a f there was a flood of money that came into Ecuador and it w they, they were just trying to work out how to handle it. The people on the um, on the licensing, on the exploration licensing, they were promising too much money in a, um, a four-year term. So you had to, th their, their investment plans were unrealistic and um, it was viewed that perhaps some companies were doing a land grab and they weren't going to follow through with the exploration expenditure. Which happens. So now they're adjusting the regulation, we believe, so that the mining companies that take out an exploration license will have to spend the money and be accountable for it. And if you don't spend a certain proportion in the first year, you'd lose your license. Yeah. Which, which happens the world over. They're tinkering, they're changing mm -hmm. the, the mining code. Mm -hmm. So, sorry, they're just coming back to the question. The, <laughs> the, the three things. Um, one is that um, all the big guys are there. Yep. Two is that it's an evolving industry. Mm -hmm. And three, that there will be winners and losers in, is losers in Ecuador. Because it's one of those countries where because you don't have a history of um, large-scale mining or mm -hmm. industrialized mining, mm -hmm. there's a lack of awareness. There are uh, communities that don't want mining or don't know what mining comes, and any change is difficult to assimilate on any level in any society. And in Ecuador, it's no different. You say, we're going to build the mine, and people say, is that going to affect me? negatively and so you have to go through this education process mm -hmm. and the winners will be the ones that can manage their community relations properly. Right again I, I, th I think that these are common problems, common threads through you know different different countries ar around the world but I, I, I agree with you. Can we can we talk specifically about what um, you think you've come into? You, you've joined a company that's got what like I said this is the exciting bit for me. Yeah. The, the model that you have employed or that the company has employed to move forward excites me. I've seen this work elsewhere. Can you explain 
what you've done? Well, the reason why I got excited about it mm. is that I've worked on the buy side for um, five years and I've worked as a mining analyst for six years and I've run exploration companies. Mm -hmm. And one of the things which is a real differentiator mm -hmm. uh, in a company is when you have an income stream and when you've got an asset of yeah. significant value that de-risks the downside to your investment. Right. So, so what, what have you done? Some of our resources um, made a discovery in 2008 uh, called the Kurupamba uh, VMS deposits. It's a volcanogenic massive sulphide. They drilled it out and they've farmed it out. Right. And they farmed it out to a partner who's investing $25 million to take it to a feasibility study um, by 2021. And then they're going to continue to fund it all the way through to production. So Salazar Resources is carried on 25% on a 25% stake all the way through to production. What's that mean in terms of dollars? What's, what's the income? The income up until it gets into production is based on um, advanced royalties and a management fee of 10% on, on the basis of a minimum of three and a half million dollars a year. Right. So we're talking hard numbers, $600,000 minimum a year income to the company. Right. In addition to that, Salazar Resources owns three drill rigs, mm -hmm. which it um, contracts out to the partnership and to third parties. Uh, and we anticipate about a million dollars coming in from that. On top? On an annual basis. On, on top, top of your 600? the 600,000. So this is the, the, the base right. position is it will be um, income generating a million and a half, 1.6, possibly up to $2 million on an annual basis. Okay. For a small company, an exploration company, that allows you to do what? That allows us to fund our discretionary, on a discretionary basis, mm -hmm. our 100% um, our owned portfolio. Okay. So okay. Um, we are an Ecuadorian team. Mm -hmm. we, uh, the, the team is, the headquarters is in Quito, and we can do extremely low cost, effective exploration in Ecuador for a small amount of money. Okay. So that $1.6 million goes a long way. And I should add that we've got about $3.7 million in Treasury anyway, which is a function of previous income and the sale of some shares that we got as part of the farm out deal. Okay, so, okay, okay that's, that's, that's interesting. That's a very good start. So you've got some 100% owned portfolio assets. Are there any, any which would take the lead there? Are you, are you focusing on one or several at the same time? How do you intend to spend your time and money? At the moment, we've got four licenses, which mm -hmm. are 100% owned by us. Right. Um, we, I just wanted just to say, it's not, we're not just stopping there at that four. Okay. We, before the mining cadastra closed, we applied for um, five or six permits beforehand, mm -hmm. and we hope to get a couple of those through. Yep. They're kind of in process, in tramite, as they say in Spanish. Mm -hmm. um, and we've also done prospecting over the last couple of years, and we want to apply for another 10 to 12 licenses afterwards. So okay. we, we know that we actually want to grow our license portfolio. Right. Now, in terms of um, where we want to put our money and how we want to do it, it all slightly depends on how we can juggle the, the how we can trade our cards. Because if, for example, we can do a farm out on one license area that comes with a cash payment up front and is fully carried, then we can in use that money to invest into one of the other projects. Right. So we, 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 can, we can play things around. Mm -hmm. 
But if I was to pull out a priority asset, I would focus on the Rumanyawi porphyry target, which is um, in the northern portion of Ecuador, and there's a line of porphyries. It goes the Solgold Cascabel deposit, right. which, as we know, Quite large. is um, a billion tons here or there at around 0.6% yeah. copper equivalent. Yeah. Then you travel 50 kilometers down, um, 55 kilometers to a, an asset called Urimagua, which mm -hmm. is owned by Cadelco, mm -hmm. and that's over a billion dollars, and that's at 0.8% um, copper equivalent combined. And then 22 kilometers on from that is, Kask um, is Rumanyawi, which is uh, the asset that Freddie Salazar has been looking at for over 20 years. Right. And we've got the licenses over that, and the preliminary work that we've done on that indicates that it's a porphyry, and that it's gold rich, and that it's a large system. Okay, we'll come. We'll come on to that. I, I want to stay on the how do people make money bit, which I think what why people watch this. So you've got a model you've employed, which is the you know for identify a, a, a target rich. Uh, property, yep. you farm it out, retain, or you're carried for, I think you haven't, you haven't mentioned 25%, number, 25% yeah. of that. Um, you, get, you may get a lump sum cash amount for that or not, uh, but you will get some income in the, in the shape of management fees, perhaps renting, uh, leasing out your, your drill rigs. And what was the other revenue stream? The um, uh, advanced royalties. Adva advanced that's, royalties. That's all okay. within the six hundred thousand. Right. Okay. So re replic replicating that model kind of keeps the, the keeps you ticking over and developing more and more of yeah. your portfolio as as you build this out. So you're an incubator, We're as an, such. We are an incubator, but we believe. I mean, the, the, talking about um, making money and mm. where the the share price could go to where it should mm -hmm. be, for example. Um, the Kuripamba VMS that we farmed out yeah. has, is at the PFS stage. Um, last year, sorry, earlier this year, we produced a PEA mm -hmm. that gave an NPV of $288 million on base case. So you know, our base case NPV was $288 million, and we are 25% fully carried on that. Right. Now, um, obviously, there has to be a discount applied to that because sure. we're a few years away from production. So what is the right price for our 25%? Um, one way of looking at it is to look at the value of our partner, which is a pretty much a single asset company and it's earning into um, the Kuripamba project and they've got a market capitalization of $75 million. Mm -hmm. um, but they have to keep funding the yep. entire, they have to carry the whole thing. So um, one could say that our 25% should be at least $25 million, if not more, because they're 75 for 75% and our 25 to make the 100%. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, another valuation yardstick is a uh, royalty that was bought on that VMS project. 2% uh, royalty was bought for $10 million earlier this year. Um, and I'm, I use a rule of thumb of equity to royalty of around um, three times, which puts our 25% at a value of about $42 million. Mm -hmm. So we've got these, these, these yardsticks, let's call it more than 25, because we don't have to be diluted, and mm -hmm. within $40 million. So let's call it in the 30s. Our current market cap is 15, 16. Yeah. So there's, a, in a sense, just on the value of the 25% stake, you're looking at a 5% discount to fair value. Okay. 
So I'll buy that. a potential double on the share price right there. Mm -hmm. And then you throw on top of that the fact that Ecuador is the hottest country um, globally at the moment because of the, the way the government is going, the fiscal terms and the, the geology. The fact that we are an exploration team um, with a really good footprint of licenses within Ecuador and the fact that Freddy Salazar, who set up the company, is recognised and renowned as probably the best explorer in uh, Ecuador. Yeah, look, I think I, I think there are people who will give you credit for that, and some people who will see see it the opposite direction. Because Ecuador is is early stages. Okay, so I think just just to be fair in all of this, I think you've got some great things, and then yeah. you've got some unknown things. Oh yes. Okay. Again, it, it comes back to this model for me because I've seen this work extremely well elsewhere, and I like that you're employing it. And you've actually, yeah. you know, done stage one. You get, you've got advanced payment, and you're getting, uh, you're getting, in terms of royalty, you're getting management fees, and you've got the rig things, and you've got this portfolio of assets where you can replicate, 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 and cumulatively, it could be very meaningful for you without necessarily needing to go and raise significant cash or dilute. Shareholders, yeah. so that, that that's the bit that interests me. So, Freddie's knowledge of country—he's been in country. I read something like 20, twenty odd years, and has worked for um, who was employed? Uh, uh, Newmont. Newmont. So again, you know, it, yeah. it was not, you know, this is not amateur local stuff. This is significant global blue chip player that he, he he worked for and led the team for. So, um, I, I like that his knowledge is extensive. I like the fact you're picking up these. These uh, licenses. Um, the question is, you know, what are you, what, when are you going to be able to start moving this thing at a pace? You've got circa, we'll have circa five million yeah. bucks available to you. Can you break break that down for me a little bit more? I know you've kind of touched on it, but okay. break that down for me. How do you, how do you create value? How do you take that five million and create significantly more value for shareholders? Okay, the nitty gritty, please. The nitty gritty Always. is that. Um, We've got four licenses that we are uh, taking up the value curve through uh, through exploration. Uh, three of those are in Ecuador. One's actually just over the border in Colombia. Okay. Um, <clears throat> what our plan for 2020 will be to drill two or three of those licenses in Ecuador. Um, we've got a budget for 8,500 meters of drilling, mm -hmm. and um, three and a half thousand of those will be at Buminyawi. Right. Um, <clears throat> just the way that we are wait waiting for water permits and all our licenses and that has actually been a delay I across Ecuador uh, throughout 2019 and the mines ministry is on it um, the head of the water board was um, blocking uh, the issue of water permits for exploration drilling there's been a change in the water board they've now put the, the new head of the water board is someone with environmental and mining experience. He's an right. engineer with environmental um, credentials and um, a mining engineering degree. So the, the, the water permits are coming through more quickly. Um, we expect to have our first water permits through in Q1, which will enable us to start drilling. Right. Okay. Um, and we anticipate dr drilling Rumanyawi in the second half of the year. Oh, for how long? Is, there, is it seasonal there? I mean, um, it it's, it's not seasonal. We, 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 we budgeted a meterage of um, 8,500 meters mm -hmm. uh, as a total plan for the year. Um, what then will happen, will be, it will be slightly um, dependent on uh, copper prices and what we discover. 
And these are your own drills, so the yes. cost must be relatively low, yes. presumably. So where are we with this five million after you've done all of this? How much have you spent? Um, our plan is around two million dollars. Okay. Two to, and it's, it's discretionary. So, so um, the smaller amount of work is about two point one million dollars, um, and it, and it um, dials up to um, three million dollars depending on what you find. Uh, what we find. Right. Yes. Now we don't, of course, want to run the treasury down to no. below two million dollars. Um, so we'll always tailor our expenditure um, carefully with what we can see in terms of the deal flow. Are you having conversations now with companies about Romanyawi or are you going to wait until you know a little bit more and what's your expectation of what a deal could look like? What type of deals are you looking for from whoever you're going to be speaking to? Yes, 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 yeah, all all of the above. Okay. Um, Because Ecuador is a country of great interest to all the major mining companies, um, the eyes are on Ecuador and people are looking Mm -hmm. for the next um, the next Cascabel. Mm-hmm. Freddy Salazar is well known, mm-hmm. and if you are the exploration director or the regional, the LATAM exploration director for a major company, mm-hmm. one of the first things you do when you come into a country like Ecuador is you call up the team that knows what's going on. So we get a lot of inbound from the guys saying, hey, Freddy, what are you up to? Mm-hmm. He's well respected within, in, within industry, and critically, it's not just him. So between him and his two colleagues. We've got mm-hmm. three geologists who, uh, between the three of them, have made a lot of the um, discoveries in Ecuador over the last 20, 30 Anything years. Anything we've heard of? Fruta del Norte, right. okay. um, the Lundin gold yeah. asset. Yeah. Um, success as many fathers. Um, he was involved in that. Yeah. Um, and th- there were a, a number of other assets you might not have heard of as well. Um, and of course, Curupamba, which is the, the VMS project. Right. Um, and you mustn't forget that Rio Tinto got started on a VMS, Agnico Eagle got started on a VMS, yeah. Lundin Gold got started on a VMS, you know, or Lundin Mining. These are exactly. Explain to people why, why they possibly should look at VMS type projects, because we're looking at a few, and it's all down to the reporting, what you can and can't report. Yeah. But VMS projects tend to be a lot bigger than exchanges allow you to report. I mean, I mean tell us about what you know about the VMS structures in Ecuador? Um, VMS is globally. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tend to come in clusters. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is you drill off one of the pods. Mm-hmm. And that is really where you are restricted in your reporting. Because yeah. you will drill off a pod, and it might be two to three million tons of yeah. ore. It's high value ore, but it's still only two to three million tons. Um, in fact, if you look at it in a distribution basis, most are two to three million tonnes. And, and it's restricted why? Because in terms of the depth that you're allowed to report on? They are essentially black smokers on the bottom. They are the um, fossil black smokers on, mm. the, on, a, on the ocean floor, and they just form in a, in a, in a, one, in a one-er, you know, it's yeah. a unit. But yeah. they, um, there are several of those in the cluster. Right. Now, the Kurupamba one is, we've got nine million tonnes in indicated um, measured and indicated resources at 2% copper and 2.6 grams gold. It's nice. 5% copper equivalent at surface, uh, which means that the NPV is high, the capital is low, the margins are great. Yeah. And that's where you make money on your um, VMSs. Interesting. Interesting. <clears throat> now, the, the other thing is that if you look at the discovery of VMSs globally, um, 
they are very dense and they appear on gravity. So if you uh, do, uh, people do mag surveys and then they sometimes come back and do a gravity survey. And if you look at the Iberian pyrite belt, southern Spain and Portugal, yeah. all the big discoveries are made by gravity. Um, so Lundy got going on Nevis Corvo, um, Rio Tinto on Rio Tinto is the, mm. the name of the deposit down there. Mm -hmm. And we've just flown the geophysics at Curupamba. It's a nine million ton in um, core to that deposit. It's a much bigger license area. Watch okay. this space. Okay, so you're excited by that. But, but what, what, what else are you thinking <coughs> at the end of next year? You're answering the question of, you, yes, 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 talking to lots of people, lots of optionality, but what are you hoping for? Um, the first stage is to get CAs um, with the right groups. Mm. Uh, the first farm out we did was with Adventist Mining, which was a startup company. Obviously now, for something like Ruminyawi, which is a uh, potentially a very large porphyry target, um, you'd want to be going higher up the, the food chain in terms yeah. of um, capability and right. size. Yeah. So we would want to have signed a number of CEAs with um, majors and potentially uh, we want to do the first phase of drilling by ourselves. Okay. Now, if a major comes in with an offer beforehand, which is sufficiently attractive in terms of the, um, an equitable funded approach to the development of, or the exploration of Ruminiawi, we might consider it. You know, mm. We're not drilling it until the second half of the year, so we've actually got some space to talk to some of the majors, mm. whether they really are serious about striking okay. a... Um, some kind of. I, I guess what investors would want a sense of is your ability to preserve cash, create value, and that yeah. means making sure you're not spending more money than you need to whilst having these conversations because it's all in the negotiation if you've got enough data to have that discussion. Yes, and we, we may. The, the amount of data we've got is relatively limited. We've got That's my point. Um, geological context, we've got outcrop, yeah. we've got yeah. um, in one of the riverbeds, we've got 57 metres at 2.7 grams a tonne, 55 metres at 2.7 grams a tonne. Right. You know, it's a great outcrop, we've got a lot of gold, we've got a lot of copper, we've got a lot of context. Yeah. But that negotiations are done more effectively. With more, with more information. Yes. So that's what I'm saying, you know, that's what I'm intrigued. How much you're going to spend? Will you have enough cash to yes. do, get to the point <clears throat> you need to without diluting shareholders at any point soon? Um, there, there's, there are precedents of good at farm outs in Ecuador mm -hmm. on assets. So we can, on, on slightly more advanced assets. We also know that there are groups out there looking for relatively earlier stage joint venture programs on areas of interest, mm -hmm. and Ruminyawi certainly falls within that. It, it changes the tenor of the conversation, mm. um, how advanced your asset is or not. Mm -hmm. uh, what I would say is that we've got the, the, the capital and the drill rigs and the, the time to do our first 100% owned um, drilling program on Ruminyawi. Okay. And I would just add in that is that we always want to have a kind of a flagship asset that we control and that we can take on 100%. Uh, we've got Los Osos, which is a high-grade copper-gold project on a much smaller licensed area that we'll be drilling on a 100% basis. We've got a Macara project, which is a, which is a gold target. So 
And of course, if the mining cadastre opens in Q3 and we get some of the licenses that we have applied for two years ago, then suddenly we've got um, more properties with which we can trade. Mm -hmm. And so if there's a big drill out on Ruminyawi that perhaps is not within our budget to fund, yeah. we'd be more willing to take it on. But you said right at the beginning, you're, you're a markets guy. I know you're a geologist, yeah. you run companies, yeah. and you've been an analyst and so forth. You're, you're a markets guy compared to the team that's currently there. Yeah. So is there an expectation that you're going to go and raise some capital? Are you going to need to? Or is this just about helping them construct better deals with these farm out opportunities? Um, we're not planning on raising capital. Right. We've, as we've got almost $4 million. We've got a yep. million, a million and a half coming in, maybe yep. up to $2 million. Um, we've got a... Now, at the end of next year, mm -hmm. it depends on what our... Um, you know, opportunity suite offers. Mm -hmm. If we've got, and ideally, we will have structured a farm out whereby we can continue to fund our main assets yeah. um, and we continue to earn money from our drill rigs and we continue to earn the income from advanced royalties and the management fee, we may not need to raise capital. If we suddenly decide that we really do want to, the, the best use of um, shell the funds would be to drill an asset 100%, then of course we would consider it, but right. it's not in the plan. Okay, okay. So I'm excited. You've said you're excited about the opportunity here. You know, we've done a lot of work on this yeah. before we came to speak to you today. Um, why do you think shareholders should be excited? Let's talk about the, you know, the, the financial side of things. You know, you're a public company, you're 15 million market cap, yeah. inconsequential in the scheme of things. There's lots of companies in or around your, your level, why you guys? We've got two things. We've got risk protection and we've got upside potential. Right. So the risk potential, the, the risk protection is the income uh, from the advanced royalties and the drill rigs and the management fees. And the other side of the risk protection is the fact that we've got 25% stake in a fantastic asset that right. is marching on the way to production and our share is going to grow in value from 35 to $100 million as a kind of a ballpark trajectory. Without necessarily needing to, to um, dilute? Or we, we, we don't have to invest a single cent in that. That's all carried. We're fully carried right. on that asset. And that's Kurupamba in the joint venture. And that is an investment case on itself. Now, in addition to that, we offer the, the, the sex and violence of exploration, mm. you know, the, the, the opportunity to um, have a transformational discovery on any one of our four properties. And knowing the interest that we've got in country and from the majors that are in country, we've got the opportunity to do that on a funded basis as well if we can get a farm out. Okay, interesting. So make sure I understand this. So you're saying with the with Kurupamba, with Ruminawi, potentially, and the others in your portfolio, yeah. you will farm those out. That covers your GNA, you've got income coming through, so no need to dilute. No need to dilute. Right. Then on top of that, if one of these partners, JV partners, hits it big with any of those assets, you've got that 25% free carry there. That's the, that's the big uplift here. No one's investing in this for GNA, right? This, this is what the big, the big uplift could be. Plus, here, if I understand you correctly, 
if you develop one of these assets yourself, 100% own assets yourself, then potentially you've got you know, control of your own destiny there to a degree, well, in, in the context of mining. Uh, so, right, so, that, so that's, that's, okay, I understand that. You've painted quite a, quite a nice picture there for, for shareholders. Um, and, and, you, and you're putting a, putting a number on that, are you? What, is the, what does and that look like? What could this be? Without dilution, where do you think you can move to if you were able to deliver this model, if you're able to deliver this model? Well, let's just say that our value in Kurupamba is $30 million today and it should be at $50 million at the end of the year, next year, mm -hmm. end of 2020. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that's a trebling of the share price right there. Mm -hmm. Doubling or trebling, um, that would that'd be fantastic. So we're at um, 16, 17 cents, depending on the, the bid offer right. spread at the moment. So if you could get that up to 50 cents, that's a tremendous result. And I think we could do that just on growing awareness of what we've actually got in the deal we've already done yeah. and the asset that we've already got. Right. Now, if we get a, a good drill hole on any of the other projects, particularly if we open up Ruminyawi as a real porphyry, Target, mm. then, then things get much more exciting. If that's not already exciting enough. Okay, Marilyn, thank you very much. Nice introduction. Let's catch up in the new year. I want to get into some of the detail around the numbers and your plans for the year. But as the first first pass, I think it's quite nice for some of our viewers to be introduced to what is quite a small story now, but. Again, so I do like the model, so I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged. Great. It's going to be an exciting year next year. Yeah, best of luck. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.